Welcome again to another episode of Lemon on the Edge. It is November 30th. It's a Friday night. Uh, the start of conference championship week is we have the Pac-12 championship that just kicked off between uh, Utah and Washington. Uh, so we're not going to talk so much about that game, but we're going to focus today really on uh, the college football playoff um, and championship week, as well as we're going to touch on the NFL uh, and you know, the playoff picture thus far. Um, so with me today, again, joining me is my, my good buddy, Brad Lowers. How you doing, Brad? What's up, Lane? Not a whole lot. It's ready for uh, championship week, even though West Virginia should be playing in it, and we are on the bench this week. Yeah, it's still going to be a fun week of football, though. Definitely, definitely. We got some good matchups. Got some other matchups that uh, we'll talk about as far as um, are we really getting the most value as fans and as football, you know, football fans in general um, from the the current standing of college football. Uh, but first, let's just go over our five college uh, Power Five conference championship games. The first one, as we said, number seventeen Utah taking on number eleven Washington. Um, both teams are nine and three. Looks like Washington is taking the ball over the fifty-yard line right now, uh, driving on Utah to start that game uh, tomorrow, Saturday, December first at noon. We got a rematch of the Red River rivalry and Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Texas actually giving Oklahoma its only loss in the original meeting on um, that last-second Dicker field goal. Uh, Dicker the kicker and fabulous uh, name absolutely so we got a good rematch there I'm uh, not mad at getting to watch that game again again would like to see our Mountaineers in there but uh, but you, you do what you can I guess um, yeah tough end of the season but I mean Oklahoma and Texas still going to put on a good show Absolutely. I think that's uh, if you're playing any DFS, uh, Daily Fantasy Sports tomorrow, that is going to be your game that you're going to want to stack uh, as far as points are going to be shooting off just as every Oklahoma game really has been this year. Uh, stack that Oklahoma offense along with probably Ellinger uh, and my favorite college football name, Lil Jordan Humphrey. It's a solid name. Absolutely. Um, my, my favorite matchup of the day tomorrow, which it typically is of, of uh, conference championship week, is the SEC title game. we got number one Alabama, who really hasn't been tested against a Georgia team that, if I'm being honest, I don't really know what to expect from. Uh, they're 11-1. and one. They've really taken care of business a lot this, this year. Uh, stayed out of close games. Um, but they did have that one hiccup where they just didn't look the same against LSU, a team that Alabama has already proved they can dominate uh, as well as every other game they've played this year. Uh, so you get a rematch there of the national title game uh, last year. Um, so I, I'm very excited to see how Georgia comes out. I think it's really Alabama's biggest test of the year. Um I could easily see Alabama making the playoffs even with losing this game. Yeah, that was a point that I had made, that I had put in my notes here. I I think Alabama's a lock regardless of what happens in this game. It's gonna the, be it's gonna have to take a very embarrassing. Uh, they would have to showing. lose like fifty five to nothing to not get in the playoffs. Really, you think it has to be that bad? It would have to be something ridiculous. Yeah, because no one's played Alabama close. Mm-hmm. this season so it's going to take something monumental to not put them in there yeah i would agree with you there because even then and people overreact kind of whenever uh you say okay you lost this week so everybody thinks it's fresh on their mind well even a 20 30 point loss to georgia if you're going to compare that to ohio state with their 26 point loss uh against purdue you're still going to if even if you're looking at a blank resume if you look at the wins losses and who they lost to and by how much i mean you're going to obviously you're going to put them in over ohio state so and that would be really the only person the only team that if they won um it would be them or oklahoma that you'd argue with alabama cuz georgia would then be a lock uh yeah i really think if georgia pulls off this upset 
Oklahoma, Ohio State get left out, and it's just Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. It'll it'll stay the same. The yeah. seedings will be different, but it'll be the same four teams. So realistically, if you're a Ohio State or Oklahoma fan, you're rooting for Bama here. Uh, you want yeah. that the spot that you know to be locked to just stay locked, uh, not have to give up for another uh, another spot there to Georgia. Uh, moving on to our ACC title game, uh, Clemson and Eat Shit Pit. Um, <laughs> so, not sure why Pittsburgh is playing this week and WVU isn't, but uh, I guess that's what happens when you play in a bad conference or a misdistributed conference. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, I'm sure we we don't need to predict that game as it's already a 27 and a half point spread on a conference championship game, which should never happen. Yeah, I believe team. it's moved up three points from the initial line. I want I believe the initial line was 24. Really, really. So yeah, 27 and a half now. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I guess things happen. You, you yeah, I mean, crazy yeah. things have happened before. So. That's why you show up every every week. But uh, kind of the same vibe I get from that game as I get from the Big Ten title game where uh, number 21, Northwestern, if you want to put that beside their name and make them feel better, I guess that's fine, versus number six, Ohio State. I think Northwestern's ranked simply to make this game uh, a little bit more hyped, a little bit mean, a little bit more. And it's really going to aid Ohio State getting in the playoff. Oh, we got another ranked win. Uh, I think it's kind of bogus that Northwestern's ranked at eight and four, not winning a yeah. single non-conference game, and they, they don't have any wins against the top twenty-five. Well, let's go through Northwestern's worst loss. They lost. They put up seven points against Duke. Lost twenty-one to seven, and then they Yikes. followed that up with a loss to Akron. Both of these, mind you, at home. Yikes. We're putting them at 21 in the nation. Yeah, Duke finished out the year 7 and 5. Let's see. 3 Duke. and 5 in the ACC and then Akron finished the year 4 and 7 and 2 and 6 in the MAC. And 2 and yeah. 6 in the MAC and you're losing to them at home. I mean, yeah. uh, we got we got a 3 3 point win against Rutgers, a three-point win against Nebraska, uh, a four-point win against Iowa. I mean, even their wins, the biggest one was against Wisconsin, who has been terrible this year, and that's 14 points. So I don't. I think that is kind of a trying to brush it under the – of course, you and I know we're neither one of us are Ohio State fans, but that's just kind of the take, trying to take a Northwestern team that isn't as good as they granted – all those, most of those losses came early in the year, um, but still, let's let's look at who they're beating and how bad they're beating them, and it's just not that impressive. Yeah, it's Northwestern does not belong in the top twenty-five. <laughs> they are not one of the top twenty-five best teams in the country. Agreed, and they will get blown out by Ohio State, um, in my opinion. I mean, we've seen Ohio State come out and lay eggs, but after what you did to Michigan. With what you have on the horizon, all you need to do is take care of business. I think they come out focused. And they, Can we just all agree that Michigan is wildly overrated every year? <clears throat> I would. I think um, Michigan's a good football team this year. They're not a great football team. Uh, I would agree with you, but I would agree with that um, as the same as Ohio State, Notre Dame, et cetera, et cetera, all these people that have the name and the brand beside them, Texas. Texas comes and almost loses to Tulsa, and then they beat Oklahoma, and they're up to number six in the nation. Come on now. Yeah, the the brand awareness means a little too much to it, the committee. It does, to the committee. It's and honestly, I don't even think the committee. I think the AP, and I think Sports Center and ESPN. The committee, to me, has shown more honest. Whether it's agreeable or not, they've shown that they do things a certain way and they're going to stick to that regardless of what everyone says. I've honestly been kind of impressed with the rankings of the committee because whether I agree with them or not, they're consistent to what matters. And what that should tell you as a 
as an athletic director or as a coach is we need to change our schedule to what they tell us what matters. And we need to, you know, do what we need to do to make our resume resemble the things that they consider important. I would like to see the committee be a little more transparent. Like with the BCS system, like, I mean, you would see exactly what, how we came up with the rankings we did with the, the, the playoff committee, no one is coming out and saying, yeah, I voted this team. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really agree with this one, but you know, this was what we went with. You don't hear any of that. You yeah. don't see who voted for anything. You just, these are the rankings and that's it. And then you'll see like one or two of the committee guys come on and be like, yeah, this is, you know, just kind of agree with whatever the question is and just play it off. Yeah. And you don't really get much transparency. That's my biggest complaint. Well, yeah, and I think you're going to, until we expand it to the point where, and we, we'll get, we'll just go ahead and get into the next topic since we're pretty much, you know, feeding into it now. Uh, basically, the current standing of, of the divisions within Power 5 conference, uh, the Power 5 conferences, you look at uh, the ACC, you look at the SEC, things like that. Uh, the SEC is not so much uh, the last few years just because of which teams are good. But you look at the Big Ten. Uh, do you have the – you said you had the conference alignments pulled up. Um, yeah. The uh, Do you want to just start alphabetically and start with the ACC? Well, I think the Big Ten is the biggest example of one side being stacked because isn't it Wisconsin – on one side, and then Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State on the other side. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They also, they also, the Big Ten also has theirs geographically, which makes more economic sense for the schools and traveling. I right. get why you do it geographically, but also with the money that's generated from college football, the Big Ten conference could afford to oh, mix it up. Absolutely. There's, I mean, these no schools reason. aren't that far apart i mean the farthest distance is going to be nebraska and rutgers mm-hmm. everyone else is pretty much within the same like four or five states yeah and and we wouldn't be sitting here playing tcu at a neutral site every year and every single half your teams have a neutral site game if we're worried about money and traveling Right, playing in Texas for no reason. Um, so, and yeah, and you can go, you can go through the ACC as well. Uh, you said the ACC is the only one that is not geographically determined. No, they have like Atlantic and Coastal is what they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because like the Atlantic is Clemson, Syracuse, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, Wake, Louisville. That's pretty much is up and down the eastern seaboard as it gets. Uh-huh. And then like on and then the coastal side you have Pitt, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Texas Tech, or Virginia Tech, sorry. Uh Duke and North Carolina. So I mean you're still up and down the coast with that side too. I mean yeah. I mean when when you're it's just east coast and I think that, that geographic locations I mean they're already geographically located because they're in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? That's right. why the Big Ten and Pac-12 are not interchangeable and emerging. You don't see California in the Big Ten. I mean, there's there's a reason for that. They're already geographically located. So what we need to be doing as, uh, you know, what we want as sports fans is to have the two best teams at the end of the year or the four best teams at the end of the year. Or if we needed to make it eight, to give – Everyone, I mean, we have 120 or 130 Division One schools, and we're narrowing our champion down to four. Where in every other major sports sport in America, and not even America, the the playoffs are all much larger. They're multiple rounds. I mean, we have a two round playoff with four teams, and we have five Power Five conferences. So how can we say we have five Power Five conferences, which means we have five Power Five conference champions that were so good that they won their Power Five conference, but we don't even have enough spots for all five of them to get a legitimate shot to win the national championship? Yeah, and I think that's the most common gripe about the current playoff system is you're telling these people that winning their conference matters and then they can win their conference and not even be considered. 
in basketball, winning your conference matters because right. you get an automatic bid. Exactly what you're saying. I completely agree with that. And you're you're right. Why are we? I mean, what are we playing for? We're playing to what? Go play an extra week uh, and get maybe a, a swag bag. Um, that's why you see guys like Ed, uh, Ed Oliver today announce he's not playing for Houston in the bowl game. I applaud him for that. I mean, there's no reason for it. Right. Because, I mean, I totally get it. I wouldn't want to either. Who's I benefiting mean, it's, from it's, that? It's a meaningless game, really. I mean, the bowls don't mean the same thing now that they meant 30 years ago when it was a big deal. There's so many of them now. There's like 40-some. Mm-hmm. That it's just not that big a deal. Everybody gets invited these days. And there's well, I mean, it doesn't mean teams. anything. There's mediocre teams playing in them. Six exactly. Six, six wins should not get you a bowl. If we really want to be, if we really want to see good teams play, let's make it eight wins. And let's, I mean, but they, they'll never do it because they make money off of bowls. The NCA makes money off of this stuff. So of course, the, that's why we've seen twenty more in the last two years just come out of thin air. Um, so I, I really think, I mean, I, I don't remember exactly how many years is left on the current playoff, like contract, but I really think it'll get to eight and eight will be all the bigger it gets. And that'd be I would absolutely, I would absolutely love a 16, but I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think um, it'll happen because how you see, you realize how short, much shorter the season would have to be. Um, in yeah, order to I mean, account for that many weeks. Yeah, but I mean, with the way the bowl schedule works now, and the first games are starting in like the second week of December, I mean, you could almost just play the rounds during December and still have the championship game the second, or I guess like the second Monday or first Monday in January, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they and, could. Uh, they could. Yeah. I it just, it won't happen, but won't. I mean, it's fun to think about. Because then you got one one team playing nine games and the other team's playing thirteen. You know. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I mean, even if you just left the schedule the same and just added all those on, the national champion's going to play, and and the and the runner up, they're both going to play seventeen games. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're like, why am I not getting paid for this? Exactly, and then that's going to fuel the the getting paid debate even more. So what what the real honest and sad truth about the whole situation is that the NCAA is not here to please fans. They're there to make money and they're there to right. to thrive in their own well being. They're there so, to make money and govern the the schools. Exactly. Pretty much. And so until the day that a real issue that matters to them comes up that this change will fix, it's not gonna happen. Um, I think that for a simple Simply a an, an excitement standpoint, I could see as you said the eight team playoff. Um, but if if you do see an eight team playoff come on, how do you feel uh, about any automatic qualifiers, or or do you think it's just top eight? I think it should just be top eight. I don't think that you should be guaranteed because all right, let's say Northwestern beats Ohio State, then that's going to knock out. Uh, another team that deserves it a lot more than Northwestern because they got lucky and pulled a massive upset. Yeah. I mean, and, and that would, that would be a, yeah. Cause I would steal a birth. Cause so then, but then whenever you look at it like that, I think conferences make the change to make sure their two best teams are playing in, in the conference title game. I would agree with you a hundred percent in the point that you made, because you look at it. Okay. Yeah. Mid major may get a, a bid stolen from them. Realistically, that's not taking a great chance to win the national title away from a team. Like it would yeah, be. In that but situation. I mean, right now, number eight is UCF. Right. But so you would be moving UCF out to put Northwestern in because Ohio state's still going to stay in. Oh, I would disagree with that. If you lose to, if you get upset in your conference title game, you don't deserve to be in. You think that do you think that they would drop Ohio State clear out to put Northwestern in? Because I don't. If they had to put Northwestern in, it would be a have to. And that would be Ohio State's spot that they're taking. Nah, in see, I don't think they would the committee would do it like that. I think they would just drop UCF, leave the big name in. And just throw Northwestern in there and let them get eaten well, up by Alabama. With a healthy quarterback, I think UCF stays in 
without a healthy quarterback. See, that's where I see the automatic qualifier or at least the 18 playoff. We have enough spots in that point to give everyone that realistically we can honestly say should get a shot. We can give them a shot, including the mid-major, if you will. It's not what they're really, really called in, in football, but the mid-major, if you will, and the fact the group that of five. Sense of, yes, the group of five in that sense that where you have Boise State or you have Hawaii coming out and have a good year, you know, UCF in the last few years, teams like that, you can quit listening to them cry and moan and make their own national championship rings and everything, and you can give them a shot, let them go out and get their butt whooped by Alabama in the first week, and then they can go sit in their corner and have fun with their – you know, American conference title trophy. I mean, that will shut people up that think they deserve a shot. And if they do great, then, then we're doing a justice to the sport. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, with the 18 playoff, it does make it easier for the smaller schools. Um, I mean, going undefeated is, is a tall task. I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what conference you're in. Mm Mm-hmm. Going undefeated is still something to be celebrated. And with an 18 playoff, it would reward the small schools that have a great year and find out if they really are that good or if they just played a bunch of bad teams. Mm-hmm. So do you think uh, Big 12 has the better format as far as, hey, we're going to play all our guys round robin and then at the end of that, our two best records play? Or do you like the let's divide them up preseason and then let them know who they're fighting against? Because realistically, if you're I, in the ACC Coastal, you're in a subdivision. You're not in a conference. I I enjoy the Big Twelve round robin style. Um, whether or not to say that's the way to do it, it's going to be a little too early to tell. With this being the first actual championship game. And a round-robin style is not realistic in the ACC when there's twice as many teams on there. Right, they have 14 teams. But um, I, I do enjoy it. You play everybody every year, and that's it, it, that's one fun thing about it. You know every year you play Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You know, you always know you're going to be playing everybody. the best of the Big 12. Exactly. So I mean, and, yeah, I I don't know. They I think that it has its ups, it has its downs. Um, there's because, pros and cons to both sides of it, and it's just really the preseason rankings. People say they don't have that much of a, they don't matter that much. Um, but I just feel that you know conference play can really paint a foggy picture in the sense of hey, if the Big Ten sucks. And, um, you know, they, they beat up on each other and this one team's beaten up on everybody by a little bit. Well, if they suck, then all you, the only data that you have is against other bad teams as to where right. a team in a good conference can have three losses and not be looked at as anything when realistically they're the better team. Now, that's something that we can't, we can't fix, really, because we don't have enough weeks. It's football. You can't play more than once a week. You got, I mean, it's just it, we're going to have to live with, with what we have a little bit. Um, but I do. Yeah, think there's there just are... too many teams to completely solve it. But yeah, I mean, because I wouldn't say the Big Ten was bad this year. Last year, yeah. I would say the ACC is probably the, the weakest conference this year. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. And but I think... yeah, I mean, because really. It's hard to evaluate how good Clemson actually is because Syracuse is the only other ranked team in the conference. Right, exactly. Florida State's down. You got, um, yeah, Louisville's terrible. Just fired the um, coach. Yeah. It's, they don't, they don't really have – I mean, it's hard to really tell what exactly you have with Clemson. I mean, you know Dabo Sweeney's a good coach. They've won titles before. I mean, you know that they can bring it, but it's hard to truly buy into it when the best team they've played is the 20th team, 20th best team in the nation. And right. they have one 
and that is their one top 25 win. Right, exactly. And, you know, you look through here in Syracuse, I mean, they're ranked, but do you trust them? I don't I mean, trust them. <laughs> I mean, they're good. They have a good quarterback. They have a solid quarterback. But I just look through the ACC, and in, and even whenever you have years where, you know, Florida State's down and Louisville's down and Virginia Tech's 4-4, four and uh, four and four, you know, in conference, and and what are they five and six overall? I mean, you got your powerhouses down. When your powerhouses are strong, you feel confident because you've seen them there before. Whenever you see it, right. like Syracuse up there as the cream of the crop in the ACC, you're like, what's going on? Like uh, it just doesn't seem right, and so that's where we go back to bias of, you know, the SEC is the best conference. The fact that everyone thinks that whenever, you know, they're beating up on each other, everybody, you know, LSU can lose three games and still be ranked in the top 15 because their name's LSU. Oh, well, they lost. Yeah, they do kind of overrank some of the SEC teams at times. Like, how is Kentucky still 15th? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They've played bad games. Multiple bad games. So, I mean, we can sit here and talk about all night how, you know, we can how we can make an argument for all – you're never going to know until each team suits up on the field and plays each other in a seven-game series. Because right. fo- football, you never – it's you can always make an argument that, hey, we're the better team. You guys just had the better game. Because it's literally – you come out, if your quarterback's off, you lose. One player yeah. out of 22 can come out off and you lose. So – Basketball and baseball, you get these seven-game series. You really get to know who the best team is. A lot of years in the college football, we may not have ever known who the best team was simply because we already had the best conference in our heads, so the best person out of that conference has to be the best team, right? Especially back in the big BCS days where it was just you two play for the title game. We we just decided that. And, and this team over here that – had done nothing wrong, just all of a sudden isn't in it because we don't have room for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, it might, I think when the, the four team deal is up, I, I still, I think they, I don't think they jump straight to eight. I figure they'll probably do six and just do like a buy. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I really don't know how they'll do it. I'm sure they're going to come up with something crazy that probably isn't going to make a bunch of sense at first. Yeah, they they have no idea how they're going to do it either. So I don't know. But anyways, uh, we'll go back and we'll pick these games here real quick. Um, we got Utah and Washington still with a zero zero tie with three minutes left to go in the first. Um, Texas Oklahoma the rematch. Who do you think wins uh, wins in this game? Uh yeah, I I got to take Oklahoma in this one. There's no way they're gonna let Texas beat them twice mm-hmm. in the same season. Yep, this um, is the first rematch between the two teams in the same season in like a hundred something years. Yeah, that's yeah, that's wild. Um, there's there's no way, no way Oklahoma's gonna let Texas win twice in the same year. Yeah, I w- I'm going to have to agree with you. I think uh, Oklahoma has more to play for. And I just think coming off, really, just the referees coming out with the horns down being flagged and just announcing that as the Big 12 and announcing that, I think that just really puts a bad taste in their mouth. And, and they come out oh, fired up. Oh, for sure. Come out really but fired up. on the other side of it, if Texas wins, can we finally say they're back? Um, if they keep it competitive, I think we can say next year I can expect them to be back. Um, I I I think Ellinger is a good quarterback, and you give him another off season under the good coach there, um, whose name is escaping me. Um, what's his name? Um, I can't even remember either. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, anyways, um, I have to look that up now. Texas head coach. Yeah, we're doing a sports podcast. We can't even name the coach. 
Tom Herman. Herman, yeah. So, there I mean, we go. if you give them another year under Tom Herman, they're, they've had athletes there for years. It's just about giving them a reason to suit up and play hard. Um, and now their offense has finally given them a reason to. So you see them come out. and I just see Texas a lot. Once there's not anything to play for, they really just don't play hard. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see how they come out tomorrow because what are they gonna? What are they playing for? I mean, yeah, if Oklahoma makes it, they have a chance to make the Sugar Bowl. But uh, I mean, the, I, it, there's still a Big Twelve title on the line. Let's not forget that. There's definitely something there to play for, and you're playing against the team you hate the most. Yeah, I mean, that's there's definitely I'm... something to play for there. If you're Texas, if if not, if you're a Texas player and you don't know what to play for, then you should probably quit. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I've seen from them, you know, over the past couple of years. Not so much in a in this big of a stage because we haven't. This is, um, but the, yeah, in first the last years. couple of years, it's been beat Oklahoma or bust. Exactly. And this year, they finally. I mean, they actually held it together long enough that they finished second in the regular season. They have a chance to actually take the Big Twelve trophy back to Austin. When's the last time you could say that? Probably Vince Young. Yeah, that sounds or about Colt right. McCoy, maybe. Colt uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot Colt McCoy. They did. Uh, I believe they did play for a championship with Colt McCoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know, I agree with you. I mean, there is lots to play for. Um, in a rivalry game, you don't get your. And it's fun. Kind of funny to me. Both these games start start at noon. <laughs> yeah. The Red River rivalry and then the Big Twelve title. Yeah, I'm very surprised this game is at noon. I would. I've honestly really more expected them to play it tonight uh, than tomorrow at noon. But then you got the uh, big matchup tomorrow, Drake at Iowa State. Apparently Drake's playing Iowa State by himself. One on 12. Uh, but yeah, next up we've got uh, Alabama, Georgia. Um, I really, really want to pick Georgia. But... I can't without laughing. So I think I'm just going to stick with Alabama. And I think everyone in America would have to agree with that. Yeah, I I would definitely pick um, Alabama. I can't pick anyone else to beat Alabama until someone proves me they can actually play with Alabama. Yeah, you got to show up first and <laughs> so, contend for a little while. But uh, um, so how bad? How bad though? The line is what, like thirteen and a half. Let me see here. I think it is about twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. I think Alabama. That is Alabama covers. Yeah, there's no way they don't. I'm not gonna say there's no way. I think it's probably a 17-24 point game, um, but yeah, I think they cover. I think they come out and they just smack them in the face and they go up 21 nothing early. And Georgia fights back a little bit, but I think it's a I think it's a 17-24 point win for Alabama. You ready for a little breaking news? It's not exactly college football related, but What's happening. That? On air while we're recording, Kareem Hunt has been placed on the commissioner's exempt list and is not allowed to practice, play in, or attend games. Wow. Rightfully so. Yeah, it's hard not to. Is this another Ray Rice situation where they knew about it and then, oh, it got leaked, so now we better do something? Is that what this is looking like so far? Well... It's not so much that it got. Uh, from what I read, it just the video just got released from the police. Ah, uh, okay, I missed that part. I just saw that it happened in February, right. and my and they, first thought went to the Ray Rice deal, where it's like, oh, we've yeah. seen it, and eh, we're, we're not going to do anything. Him. And then, mm-hmm. oh, it finally got out. We better do something. Oh no. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not disagreeing that that's not the case, but from what I read, it's it just got released today, even just to TMZ and all that stuff. But uh, okay. Maybe it was released to the public today, or you could be you could be exactly right because who would want to break up this train going on in, in Kansas City right now? Yeah, because the Chiefs have been really good for the NFL. 
mm-hmm. especially after that game with the uh, Rams on Monday night. Oh, great game! But, uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, going to be a good transition over to our NFL. Uh, if you guys have not seen, uh, Kareem Hunt was caught on video shoving and. They say kicking. I watched the video. It wasn't so much like a, a rear back and kick someone out of hatred. It was more just like a she. He pushed her down with his foot. But still, regardless, it's an still a bad there's, look. There's nothing. There's not, nothing to excuse those actions. Um, but there is something to be said about the media trying to twist things and saying pushing and kicking. Uh, that it kind of gives a, a a lot worse feel to the vibe i mean you you can watch a video and you can tell if that person is a malicious individual and they're out to try and hurt the other person and i'm not saying right. that, i'm not saying that excuses it whatsoever their actions um but i will give someone a second chance to uh t- to mend their bad decisions if i can tell that what they were doing was an emotion-based not a malicious-based attack um, yeah, and to add on to that breaking news, he has been released by the Chiefs. Yes. Oh my goodness! Wow, that is huge. He is now without a job. Yep, man, that is crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Go pick up Spencer Ware on your fantasy teams. I'm doing it right now, Brad, so don't beat me to it. Man, that is crazy. Uh, so that will be a good transition over to the NFL. Uh, I was going to start off talking about uh, the playoff picture, but wow, that is that is something pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's some juicy, brand-new breaking news story right there. You heard it yep. here first. Absolutely. Actually, you probably didn't. Probably but. heard it three days ago. <laughs> Um, and if you're listening to us live on YouTube, you heard it here first, or at least second. Spencer Ware is already owned in our fr- franchise league by Scott. Damn it, Scott! So I'm uh, gonna go. Ahead My internet's so slow; I haven't even got brought it up yet. <laughs> I'm glad I will at least beat you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have Kareem Hunt in the franchise league too. Yes, you do. Hey, I'm sure he'll get he'll get hired again. He might. Breaking Kareem Hunt released by Kansas City after was not truthful about altercation. Good for them, though. Honestly, it, it is good to see that somebody. they're actually being proactive and trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Spencer Ware just jumps to the top of the list. All right. I'm going to drop you, Cortland Sutton. But I... Um, all right, after that uh, quick fantasy break, we're going to go back to looking at those Kansas City Chiefs who are number one in the AFC at 9-2. and two. Obviously taking a big hit, but I think they can uh, – Spencer Ware is a decent running back, decent backup. Um, I think yeah, Spencer that. Ware is not terrible. They're going to get him. Uh, I believe they might have Kenyon Barner too. Is that – no, no, no. Is that's, that accurate? I honestly... England. Okay. I was going to say, I couldn't remember where he was nowadays. So let me see here. Um, but yeah, we'll go... If, if you want to go over the playoff picture, we've got Kansas City, New England at two. Uh, the Houston Texans winning eight straight games, sitting in your third seed position. Uh, and fourth, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are coming off a loss... Kind of a tough loss in in Denver. Yeah. Uh, to the to the Broncos, you got the Chargers who actually go to Pittsburgh on Sunday to play the, the Steelers there at the five seed. So you got a really good matchup between the four and the five seed. And then Baltimore hanging in there at six and five uh, with uh, the six seed. So who do you think who is in the playoffs now? Who Give me two teams that will not make the playoffs. Um, let's see. I'm going to say the Redskins don't make it. And I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Ravens. 
Wow, the six seeds, very bold choices. Yeah, I thought about taking the Vikings because I no, really think my... they're they're very pedestrian this year. Mm-hmm. No, I agree uh, with you. It's definitely Baltimore and Washington are the best chances to not make it. Because I really ju- I really think the Colts are playing much, much better now than they were at the beginning of the season. Um, you're just now starting the Lamar Jackson experiment that's going to be that's three games in now. It's quarter. It's such. It's so quarterback driven that you just have to give the edge to the Colts just because Andrew Luck has so much more experience than Lamar Jackson. Right. right. And if the Ravens are smart, they stick with Lamar Jackson the rest of the way. You think so? I think so. It's it's Flacco time is over. He's he he won a Super Bowl. He proved to you that he's not elite. It's time. And I, I it's time. I agree that Flacco time's over. So I guess that's your only. It was over last it. year. But it's just like Lamar Miller's not sustainable in the NFL. It's not going to happen. They're not going to. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've won two games against the worst defense in the league in the in the Bengals. Uh, and then I can't recall who they played last week, but I know it wasn't anyone too crazy. Um, I would say my sneaky will not make it is going to be, and it's going to be very dependent on if the Vikings pick it up. But will be the Bears. I think you think so? You look at their schedule this week. No Trubisky playing in the Meadowlands against the Giants. Uh, then they play the Rams at home. Then they play the Packers at home at San Francisco, which is pretty easy. Uh, but then at Minnesota to close out. I don't know if that's to close out the year, but it's showing me five games ahead. Uh, I think that's if I think if they if uh, oh Chase Daniel can't lead them to a win at the Giants this week. I think they I think they win at the Giants, I think they're good to go. But if they slip up this week, that's going to put them at 8 and 4. They're going to lose to the Rams. I'm sorry, that puts them at 8 and 5. I think they lose to the Packers. That puts them if they're lose if they've lost two in a row, I think they lose to the Packers cuz the Packers have a few pretty good pancake games next well, I know this week they have one. Against the Cardinals, right. let me see. They play Atlanta, which is not not too difficult. The following week, so they could be coming in at six six and one, uh, playing a eight and five team, trying to make them eight eight and six, moving themselves to seven and six and one, putting them a half game back. They're going to come out fired up, and that would leave Green Bay a half game back going into two weeks to play. So I think. This Chicago Bears team that shouldn't be where they are now. Uh, realistically, their great defense has kept them in all the games. Trubisky has played well, um, but again, I don't think what he's doing is very sustainable either. Uh, I think their wide receiving core is very mediocre. Jordan Howard's not providing the production that he needs to um, in that offense for them to really be good when it's cold outside, in, especially in Chicago. Yeah, I would like to see him use Trey Burton more. Trey Burton's a reliable tight end. Very much so. And, and he's – between him and Allen Robinson, those are the, the two good receivers on the team. I would put Tariq Cohen as one of the and, top yeah. receivers. Yeah, Cohen, Cohen is also a good receiver. Granted, it's a dump and go. I mean, it's not like he's a great receiver. He's just – get him in space. Yeah, he's him. just – you, you give him – yeah, get him the ball in space. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would like to see Burton get the ball more. Right. And I would agree with that. I just think that, you know, it's getting down to it. I think they're looking at 8-3. and three. They're looking, all right, we got, we got a game and a half. Or, no, we got two and a half on Minnesota. We got three on Green Bay. I think they go into New York. Eli's playing the best football he's played in probably two years. Uh, he's actually – Looking past 10 yards down the field, he's connecting with Odell, etc. Saquon's a beast. Their defense is playing eh, okay enough. Yeah. Uh, they're playing They're playing okay enough to stop Chase Daniel, I can tell you that much. And when you look at that, I mean, it's a recipe in the Meadowlands. 
for them to get upset. Then they go and play probably the most talented team in the NFL on the road. Yeah, but the thing is, are the Giants going to be... Not on the road. They play them at home as well as Green Bay. Sorry, go ahead. It's going to be, are the Giants going to be smart enough to actually capitalize? Because the Eagles were literally pulling guys off the streets to come in and play corner, and they still didn't throw the ball down the field. I have no answer for, and no explanation for what the Giants do. I just think that... (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't explain Eli Manning. I can't explain (laughs) coaching staff. Literally, because they they asked Beckham about it, and Beckham was like, "Oh, it just wasn't part of the game plan." I don't know, man. I mean, I I've seen, especially in the last few weeks, I've seen Eli uncork some throws down the middle. I haven't watched a lot of the Giants games because I have no reason to. Why would you want to? (laughs) But. uh, Unless you're a Beckham owner. Right. I played a lot of Saquon in fantasy as well. So Yeah, Saquon. Uh, but I, I don't know. They, I, I'm really more focusing on the Bears than we are the, the the Giants. I'm not focusing on the Giants until there's a new quarterback behind under center. Yeah, Eli's time is pretty much all but done, I think. Mm-hmm. When you're the 14th seed in the NFC and it's about to be December tomorrow, we're not talking about you anymore. So yeah, uh, they're they're in the running. Yeah, they're they're in the top five draft pick sweepstakes mm-hmm. with uh, Jacksonville, the Jets, Oakland, Arizona, and San Fran. Right. So you've got Kansas City, New England, Houston, Pittsburgh winning their divisions. I'm gonna say so. Actually, actually no. I'm gonna say the Chargers will will win that division now. That's that would be the only one I can see. Yeah, I would agree. That's the only one I think that doesn't. I mean, it's very possible the Colts could beat the Texans. I'm looking at their schedule now. But, they do they do play the Texans head to head in Houston in two weeks, uh, and then you look at the rest of their schedule at Jacksonville this week. This is the Colts at Jacksonville at Houston. And then they get the Cowboys and the Giants at home, and then at Tennessee. So that's three. It's very two, possible, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of picking the Colts over the Texans in that division. I do think the Colts will get in the wild card. Uh, I just look at the Texans' schedule right here, and I think Texans win the division. Uh, Cleveland at home, Indy at home, at the Jets, at the Eagles, Jacksonville at home. So I think they at least win three of those games, and that's enough to do Yeah. Um, especially if they beat Indy head-to-head. that's That'll lock it up probably. Yeah. The, now with the whole Kareem Hunt deal, the Chiefs are going to be the the one that everyone says doesn't win their division. I mean, well, they only had a one-game lead anyways. Well, let's go through. We got Chargers. They go to Pittsburgh, play Cincinnati at home. Then at Kansas City, which will be a huge game on the 13th of December. <laughs> That's a Thursday night game. That could be the one that decides it. Yeah, and then Baltimore at home at Denver to end the year. I mean, they got some good games left. We'll see what the Chargers are made of when they walk into Pittsburgh on Sunday. We'll see what the Chiefs are made of. I mean, they got at Oakland this this week, so they honestly, should still be able to roll Oakland. They get Oakland twice in the next five weeks. That might be the one thing that helps them keep the division lead. Right. They get the Chargers. Is that they get. They get, they the, get the Raiders twice, and at at Seattle and the Chargers will be their two tough games. But um, yeah, I would say if you're playing again, small snippet of fantasy. If you hear this before Sunday, stack Kansas City passing game because it's going to get ugly against Oakland. Yeah. So so we got. You got Kansas City, New England, Houston, Pittsburgh. Those your top four seeds, whatever order they may be in. And then we'll go Los Angeles at five. We'll inter-swap them in Kansas City. Um, so you got the sixth seed, and you're going with Indy. I would 100% agree with that. Uh, I don't see Miami, Cincinnati, Denver. I don't see any of them, uh, no. especially with Denver getting ready to Demarius Thomas. Um, Cleveland's the only outside shot I see. But again, looking at Indianapolis, I think Cleveland finishes close to 500, but I don't think the 
um, that they contend really. I just really kind of would rather – I kind of want to see it more than I think it's going to happen. Cleveland could very well finish with six or seven wins, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, let's look at their schedule just for fun since we're on here. At Houston, they get Carolina at home, at Denver, Cincinnati at home, at Baltimore. So they need three wins to get to seven. That's going to be tough. That well, Yeah, that would be tough. I didn't realize their schedule was quite that hard. But yeah. I, think, I think they'll definitely get one more, maybe two. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think two at the most. So we got that. We got the uh, AFC down. NFC, you got the Rams, 10 and 1. Pretty sure they're making the playoffs. Pretty sure they're winning that division. As we see mm-hmm. the second team there, Seattle at 6 and 5. New Orleans, yeah. 10, 10 and 2. They've won the division almost already. I know we play them already. Um, we, being the Panthers, uh, play them again. Or actually, we play them. Twice? Yeah, we played them twice in the last three weeks. So that works in our favor if somehow we pull our heads out of our butts and decide to play football instead of losing to the Seahawks and the Lions when we should have won both games. That would have put us at 8-3, at and three, and we'd be a game and a half back. How would we be 8-3? and three? How would we be eight and three, and they'd be ten and two? Oh, because they played already this week. That's why. So yeah, we they potentially would have been nine and three against a ten and two team with two games left to play against them if we wouldn't have messed up the last two weeks. Um, so Carolina, they can make the playoffs. They can't. Honestly, whenever I'm a fan of a team and I can see that y'all aren't winning the Super Bowl, you can, I don't. I'd rather have a higher draft pick. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm pretty much I in wanna, the same way. But I, I, I mean, I would love to playoffs. see. I want to make the playoffs because you have a chance as long as you make it. But, that, that is very true. So we'll see. Um, but anyways, so New Orleans, I would say pretty much unless the Panthers, because they do have uh, two games head-to-head against New Orleans. Uh, if they win both of those games, we're already looking at a one-game lead for the rest of the three weeks of the season that they would just have to overtake. New Orleans, maybe they'll go on a, a skid uh, after only scoring 10 points against the Cowboys. It's possible. I mean, maybe the, it's very possible that the Cowboys crack the code. They have, I mean, they're a lot, they have at Tampa next week, which is pretty easy, but they're only, lo- they're only other loss of the year. Um, and then their last three weeks is at Carolina, Pittsburgh at home, at Car- or Carolina at home. So, I mean, Pittsburgh coupled in there could be a loss. Should be a good game. If that game was in Pittsburgh, I would think I would definitely pick Pittsburgh. But being that it's in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I still think the Saints win that game. No, I, I don't not. think the Steelers have as good enough of a defense to do what the Cowboys did. I don't think the Saints lose a game the rest of the year. Honestly, you think um, so? I think they. I think the they drop one more. I think. I think. Um, I think y'all will split them. Yeah, it could happen. I think, yeah, um, I figure the, I think the home teams will bad, win man. Our in uh, the Panthers-Saints. Our secondary is awful. Awful. Anyways, save that for another day. We got the Bears there at 8-3. and three. We've talked about them possibly falling out. Dallas coming on strong, good defensive effort. Dak Prescott still mediocre. Um We've everybody feels great about Dallas right now. Uh, I'm going to pump the brakes here a little bit because you did win by three points in a game that was completely and utterly uncharacteristic of the other team on a Thursday night, which is a weird time at home. Uh, I think that's just a recipe for everybody was talking about it. It happened. We'll see how they regroup and how they. And that division is still wide open too. Let's not forget that. Crazy things happen in the NFC East every year. It never mm-hmm. fails. And then you got Philadelphia at home immediately next week. Then you go to Indy. Yeah, because if you look at the NFC East, right here, you got the Cowboys are seven and five, the Redskins are six and five, and then you've got the uh, Eagles here at five and six. So I mean, it's still wide open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, still- the Eagles could still win that division. 
Dallas could still easily go eight and eight. It, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the only team that that doesn't have a chance is the Giants. Yep. So um, I mean, that's that division is very wide open. Yeah, I would agree. And and with their quarterback play and their offensive play, I mean, there's nothing to say because you look at if you watch, you know, the Redskins game. If Amari Cooper doesn't break two tackles and freakishly just go 80 yards both times, that's a lot closer of a game, and that game could be changed. It is. Um, it's it's literally two 15 yard passes that Amari Cooper took to the house. Um, it's going to come down to the Dallas offense. The defense is good. I mean, we've known it all year. Last year just or last night just kind of proved it mm-hmm. to the world on a national stage. Mm-hmm. And it's just really going to come down to can their offense score enough points. That's it. I mean, that that really is. And and if their offense can keep the defense from being in bad situations. And we've you have to look at they have a recipe for success. They have a great running back. They have Pretty solid offensive line, not as good as it has been in the past. It's um, it's slipped a little bit, but not still not terrible. But for where they've lacked there, they've made up for in defense. So they can yeah. still play the same game they played when they had that great offensive line. Granted, they uh, you could say they had more weapons. Now they have Amari. It's arguable, um, but but they have a recipe that you play our game. We're going to force you to play our tempo, our game. We're going to control the field position. And we're going to do what needs to be done to win the game. And they did it last night uh, against a team that usually doesn't get manhandled like that. So if they can continue to do that, good on them. Um, It's going to be very tough. Uh, You go to a team that throws the ball 50 times in two weeks. Uh, Indianapolis, they throw the ball crazy amount of times. And then you play Philly, a division rival that who the heck knows whatever will happen in that game. Yeah, the Eagles have just been a mixed bag this year. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of injuries too. Let's not forget that. But they the, the biggest they've being, not looked that good. The biggest one being Ben Allen's ego. <laughs> <laughs> it's out for the season, trust me. So and then you got uh Seattle and Carolina there at seven and eight. Uh both being six I'm sorry, it's the seventh and eighth seed. Both at six and five, uh, I think the NFC's wide open. The AFC, we've kind of got de- decided already. Yeah, the uh, the NFC, the only two teams I would say are a lock <laughs> are the Rams and the Saints. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, because the AFC, you feel pretty confident about saying Chiefs, Patriots, five. Texans, Steelers, Chargers are in. Mm, yep, you can say that and feel pretty confident about it. When you come down to the NFC. See, I mean, do you really feel confident saying the Bears, Cowboys, Vikings, and Redskins are I, I are, are set? I feel more confident in saying the Colts are going to make it than I do the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I really do, and it, just the watching the way the Colts have played. I mean, I don't know. I, I just uh, from the current standings, current. I mean, if Washington decides, hey, we're going to be a good team again, uh, and they win this week, now all of a sudden it's seven and five again. See who Washington has the next few weeks. I mean, they do have Colt McCoy as well, but they're at Philadelphia Sunday. Giants at home at Jacksonville at Tennessee. Philadelphia at home. So they got. Yeah, I think it's tough for them to get in. I do too. I think with Colt McCoy, definitely uh, Adrian Peterson's going to have to pull some magic. And you said they're doing what? Playing three divisional opponents. Yeah, two two against Philadelphia, one against the Giants. Two of them are at home. Uh, and then the other three games remaining, Philly on the road, Jacksonville on the road, Tennessee on the road. Yeah, I mean, Those they should under- be able to beat Jacksonville. They should be able to beat Tennessee. They should be able to beat the Giants. But, I mean, with the backup quarterback, you it's, it's so much harder to say those things. And not only that, but you have to look at the talent level they have at wide receiver, and it was never good to start with. No, it was bad to start with. I mean, I mean, even if they still had Alex Smith, it'd be hard for me to say that they win those three games. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, th- so. That offense is one of the worst. No, I agree with you. Um, but I don't know. It's we'll we'll see we'll see. So 
But uh, we'll go ahead and end, end the show here on our Super Bowl picks, as we always end the show on. Uh, so we've really shown who we like. Uh, we'll go ahead and I'm just going to stick with my boys. Um, the Chargers, who I've been rolling with since the preseason. I'm gonna yeah, stay you, the, you have been doing that. i got to give you that one. Yeah, roll with the Chargers. Um, they're finally, finally, finally getting Joey Bosa back. That's going to be a difference maker. Exactly. With him and Melvin Ingram both, I mean, that is going to be something to be reckoned with. I can't wait to see Big Ben on his back uh, this week. So I think I'm still going to go with the Chargers. I really want to see – I mean, Mahomes going to have his time. Brady's had his time. Um, I want to see Phillip Rivers play – on a big, big stage. Um, yeah, because he hasn't that. really played in a big playoff game since LT left. Mm-hmm. They got to I didn't they get to back to back AFC championships and lost them both. I know they lost the one to the Patriots. Didn't they lose the other one to the Steelers? Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. No, uh, I'm. No, I want to say that's. What, what, I want to say that's about? pretty pretty close. It was like oh eight no nine, I believe. We can look that and, up, but uh, yeah, so like ten years ago, pretty much, is the last time that the Chargers have played a meaningful football game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I w- I would love to see the Chargers get to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna lie, and I think I, I would love to see him match up against Drew Brees. So I'm going to go with That would be fun. I think I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I want to pick an L.A. versus L.A., but I would rather see – I'd rather see Phillip Rivers go up against Drew Brees. I think it would be a very good game. Uh, Chargers have a solid defense. Saints, not so much, but I think it would be close. Saints defense is not near the liability that it used to be. Agreed. Agreed. So I mean, and they wouldn't be ten and two if they were. If they were, exactly. So, so I mean, I I think that would be an entertaining game, and I think the media would just absolutely eat that up. Uh, as far as the two seasoned veterans that are really, really on the brink of being done. Um. So so that, that's my pick. I'm gonna go Saints, Chargers, and I'm picking the Chargers. I have to pick the Chargers. All right. I don't even remember who I picked last time. I don't either. I have no idea. It's because we took 10 years in between podcasts. Yeah, we did. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the Patriots and the saints. And here's your hot take. The winner, the winning quarterback retires. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't, I, I think you're right because I think Drew Brees wins. I think it's more. I think if if the Saints win, I think it's more of a likelihood than if Tom wins and he retires. Mm-hmm. But but that would be my so bold because I would my bold uh, bold take there. If it were me and I were Tom, I would have already retired. But um, I would definitely retire. But it's just that it's him. I think after I the loss last does. year, if they win this year, I think he would call it quits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. You could be right. But wouldn't that, that be a story, thing. though? Yeah. I mean, especially if like they both thing. said it ahead of time, like, "Hey, the winner retires." Oh, oh if that was. It. <laughs> if that was it, How then. crazy would that be if they do like Super Bowl media day together and it's like we got yeah, an announcement, yeah. whichever one of us wins retires. That would be awesome. like that would be that would be sweet right there. Epic. Yeah. Epic. I mean, that would just be legendary. They would talk about that for years. Absolutely. I would tell my grandkids that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got New England beating the Chargers in 2008 in the AFC title game. Um, but the following year, I'm sorry, that was 2007. 2000, no, that was 2008. Year 2007, the game happened in 2008 because it was in January. Gotcha. Um, the following year was Pittsburgh beat the Ravens. Uh, okay. So I don't know. They might. They may have played in the AFC playoffs again, but uh, or maybe it was the year before that. No seven. Oh seven was Indy versus New England. Was, uh, uh, okay. 
that was a apparently I need to grade. brush up on my football history. Well, yeah, they could have they could have <laughs> played they could have played each other because I mean they could have played each Pittsburgh, other. Pittsburgh probably beat. Pittsburgh probably beat San Diego in the playoffs the following year. Shoot, man, I was like a. Game. That's what I mean. That game was in what? You said that game was in 2008? Yes. Shoot, I was a sophomore in high school. Man, those were the days. Oh, yeah. All right, well, those are our picks. That is our podcast. And that's it. Thanks for joining me. Brad, let's do it again before. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we don't have to wait another month to do it. We don't have to.